Hey everyone, welcome back to all my listeners. Now it's the second week of the new year and I'm still strong in my new outlook for the new year. I'm trying to keep hold on those resolutions I made for myself for the year ahead. But it's not all rose tinted and rainbows and unicorns for 2022 so far. That Omicron variant is having its way with us here in the US. A record number of more than 500,000 new cases a day are being reported proving the facts that this Omicron variant is much more contagious. It's so important that we do get vaccinated and boosted and wash up and mask up and keep to those of us in our pods. We all have loved ones who are older and immunocompromised, and those are the folks we want out of those hospital floors, if there are even beds to be had, right? This surge is a doozy right now in D.C., New York, New Jersey, Illinois, Maryland, and Ohio. Now, all right, guys, if it's your first time finding me, welcome to a brand new season. I'm starting January off with season five, and that's going to be featuring more of my newsworthy guests in the industry, as well as my very favorite sessions of the big works housed in the OIG work plan and my month end tales of fraud, waste, and abuse. So welcome to my second episode of season five. Today is Wednesday, January 12th, 2022. My name is Sonal Patel, and this is the Paint the Medical Picture podcast series. Now I've got a lot to get into today. So I wanna be diving into my compliance tip today with the back to basics of staying current. And that's right, today is also the second Wednesday of the month where I share my very newsworthy OIG work plan update for December 2021. And I go ahead and close out today's episode with some inspirational words on clarity and focus from Tony Robbins. If you've checked me out on LinkedIn, you know I'm all about compliance and protecting our physicians and valued healthcare professionals when it comes to the business of medicine. I hope this week with me brings you enough to take back to your organizations, to want to dive in deeper, to use my tips and best practices to ensure success. I hope this podcast will help you boost the quality of documentation capture and improve coding accuracy as you help your providers paint the medical picture. If you like what you're hearing, please go ahead and hit that subscribe button now so you don't miss another episode. Please write in a review and kindly drop me a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to my podcast. I'd really love your support. And as always, a friendly disclaimer. Remember, I'm bringing you the news, current healthcare industry news, my compliance tips and recommendations based on my over 10 years of experience in front office, backend, coding, and billing for multi-specialty physicians, compliance, and auditing for both ENM and surgical operative reports. These are my opinions alone and are not to be construed as legal advice. So let's get into newsworthy. I wanted to go over the nine new December 2021 updates made to the OIG work plan. The first is titled HHS Cloud Infrastructure as a Service Security Audit. Now, this is an audit from the Office of Audit Services. Federal agencies are increasingly adopting cloud computing services to address information technology needs. During fiscal year 2020, the Health and Human Services, HHS, reported that more than 21% of its systems were in the cloud. 
In view of the increase in cloud adoption across HHS, the OIG is concerned that HHS may not be aware of all cybersecurity risks associated with its infrastructure as a service, IAAS, cloud environments. Now, the Federal Risk and Authorization Management Program and National Institute of Standards and Technology Requirements establish that agencies protect any federal information that is collected, maintained, and processed by cloud service platforms. The OIG will perform a series of audits to assess the security of the HHS Optiv's cloud IAAS configurations and test whether attack vectors exist that adversaries could leverage to access HHS data. The OIG will determine whether HHS Optivs have properly identified and inventoried their IAAS cloud assets. In addition, they will determine whether HHS and Optivs have implemented effective cybersecurity controls for their cloud IAAS environments in accordance with federal and HHS security requirements and guidelines. This final report is expected in fiscal year 2024. Now, the second OIG work plan update for December 2021 is titled Availability of Behavioral Health in Medicare Fee-for-Service, Medicare Advantage, and Medicaid Managed Care. This review is coming from the Office of Evaluation and Inspections. More than half of all Americans will be diagnosed with a behavioral health condition in their lifetime, estimates estimates indicate, and many experts say that the need for behavioral health services has grown dramatically during the COVID-19 pandemic. Medicare and Medicaid beneficiaries often have unmet behavioral health needs and face difficulty accessing appropriate services. To address these concerns, OIG will conduct a three-part study to examine access to behavioral health care in Medicare fee-for-service, Medicare Advantage, and Medicaid managed care. Now, for selected localities, this study will determine three things. First, it will determine the ratio of behavioral health providers to beneficiaries within each of these three programs. Second, the study will determine the extent to which behavioral health providers have the ability to accept new patients and schedule appointments within each of these three programs. And finally, third, the study will determine the extent to which behavioral health providers listed in networks of managed care plans provided services to the plan's beneficiaries. Combined, these studies will provide significant insight into the accessibility of behavioral health providers within each of these three programs. Now, this final report is expected in fiscal year 2023. The third OIG work plan update for December 2021 is titled Medicaid Partial Care Program. This analysis is stemming from the Office of Audit Services. Prior audit work identified a state agency's Medicaid adult partial care program as being high risk for improper payments. The purpose of this adult partial care program is to provide Medicaid beneficiaries with serious mental illnesses, individualized outpatient clinic services to reduce unnecessary hospitalizations. The OIG's prior audit made a financial recommendation and procedural recommendations to the state agency to improve its guidance and monitoring. 
This new audit work will determine whether the state agency adequately implemented their prior recommendations. They will also review claims for compliance with federal and state requirements, including the state agency's implementation of telehealth services due to the COVID-19 pandemic. This final report is expected in fiscal year 2023. Now, the fourth OIG work plan update for December 2021 is titled Survey of Potential Drug Rebates Associated with Drugs Administered to Enrollees in Separate Children's Health Insurance Programs. This review is from the Office of Audit Services. Under current federal requirements, states are required to obtain drug rebates from manufacturers for Medicaid-covered outpatient prescription drugs that are provided through Medicaid expansion under either, number one, Medicaid expansion only, or number two, the Medicaid expansion portion if the state chooses a combination of Medicaid expansion and a separate children's health insurance program, or CHIP. However, for prescription drugs that are funded through a separate CHIP, the Federal Medicaid Drug Rebate Program, the MDRP, requirements currently do not apply. So the OIG will determine the total drug rebates that states could potentially have collected under separate CHIPs if those rebates had been part of the MDRP requirements and the OIG will identify state policy differences. This final report is expected in fiscal year 2022. Now, the fifth OIG work plan update for December 2021 is titled Race and Ethnicity Data for Medicaid Beneficiaries. This analysis will be conducted by the Office of Evaluation and Inspections. Complete and consistent race and ethnicity data for Medicaid beneficiaries are critical to identifying and addressing health disparities. As the COVID-19 pandemic has highlighted disparities among racial and ethnic groups, the availability and quality of data on race and ethnicity warrants a closer look in order to accurately and appropriately mitigate health disparities within the Medicaid population. This study will evaluate the extent to which Medicaid's race and ethnicity data for beneficiaries as reported to TMSIS or the Transformed Medicaid Statistical Information System are complete and consistent across states. The OIG will also determine the extent to which the data align with federal data collection standards for race and ethnicity. The final report is expected in fiscal year 20. 23. Now, the sixth OIG work plan update for December 2021 is titled Audit of Centers for Disease Control and Prevention's Vaccines for Children's Program Requirement for Provider Site Visits. This audit is being conducted by the Office of Audit Services. The Vaccines for Children, the VFC program, is a federally funded program that provides vaccines at no cost to eligible children through healthcare providers enrolled in the program. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, that's our CDC, has the lead responsibility for policy development and implementation of the VFC program. CDC buys vaccines at a discount and distributes them to grantees like state health departments and certain local and territorial public health agencies, which in turn distribute them at no charge to those private physicians' offices and public health clinics registered 
as VFC providers. To ensure the quality of VFC vaccines and the integrity of the VFC program, CDC requires grantees to conduct three things. First, they must enroll their enrollment site visit for all new and re-enrolling VFC providers before they receive VFC vaccines. Second, compliance site visits for all enrolled and active VFC providers every 24 months. And there must be unannounced storage and handling site visits at a minimum of 5% of VFC providers during the cooperative agreement budget period. Now, these site visits help determine provider compliance with VFC program requirements, including adherence to vaccine eligibility screening and documentation and accountability and management. The OIG will conduct an audit to determine whether CDC VFC grantees conducted site visits at enrolled and active VFC program providers that provide routine childhood vaccines, not COVID-19 vaccines, according to program requirements. But of course, due to this COVID-19 pandemic, the OIG will identify alternative procedures or alternative approaches that grantees may have taken to complete site visits. The final report is expected in fiscal year 2023. Now, the seventh OIG work plan update for December 2021 is titled National Institutes of Health Small Business Innovation Research Awardee Compliance with Award Requirements. This audit is being conducted by the Office of Audit Services. The Small Business Innovation Research, the SBIR program, helps small businesses participate in federal research and development, R&D. Each year, every federal agency with an extramural R&D budget that exceeds $100 million is required to allocate 3.2% of that extramural R&D budget to fund small businesses through the SBIR program. From fiscal year 2016 through fiscal year 2020, HHS obligated $4.6 billion in SBIR award funds with funds from the National Institutes of Health, making up approximately 98% of total obligations. To participate in the SBIR program, a business must be organized for profit with a place of business located in the United States, be more than 50% owned and controlled by U.S. citizens, and have fewer than 500 employees. The OIG has identified areas of potential risk regarding for-profit organizations receiving SBIR awards, such as inappropriate or unsupported charges to federal awards, deficiencies in internal controls related to financial management systems, and eligibility of organizations to participate in the SBIR program. Other OIGs, as well as Congress, have also raised concerns about risks of fraud, waste, and abuse in the SBIR program. So then, the OIG will determine whether selected SBIR awardees complied with federal requirements. They may also conduct additional audits of high-risk SBIR awardees following this audit. This final report is expected in fiscal year 2023. Now, the eighth OIG work plan update for December 2021 
is titled Grantees' Use of President's Emergency Plan for AIDS Relief Funds. Now, this is an audit stemming from the Office of Audit Services. In more than 60 countries, the CDC grantees, such as Ministries of Health and other partners, work to control the HIV-AIDS epidemic. The CDC awarded more than $5.5 billion in the President's Emergency Plan for AIDS Relief, the PEPFAR funds, to grantees during fiscal years 2018 through 2020. And about 96% of PEPFAR funds received by HHS during these three fiscal years to accelerate HIV treatment and prevention worldwide by using public health, innovation, and data-driven approaches to achieve the global goal of HIV-AIDS epidemic control. To date, HHS-OIG has conducted 21 audits of grantees in eight countries on two continents, those continents being Africa and Asia. Now, OIG's PEPFAR oversight has helped grant recipients learn important grant and program integrity lessons that apply to ongoing and future responses to infectious diseases. In previous audits of foreign PEPFAR grantees, OIG identified unallowable expenditures, inadequate accounting systems, and internal control weaknesses. They will determine whether selected foreign or domestic grantees, number one, managed and expended PEPFAR funds in accordance with award requirements, and second, have controls to mitigate potential risk to the PEPFAR program. This final report is expected in fiscal year 2022. Now, the ninth and final OIG work plan update for December 2021 is titled Telehealth Services in Select Federal Health Care Programs. Now, this is an analysis from the Office of Evaluation and Inspections. Throughout the COVID-19 pandemic, the use of telehealth has been critically important. Telehealth has helped ensure access to care while reducing the risk of community spread of the virus. As the effects of the pandemic are still being felt throughout the nation, there are questions about how telehealth can best be used to meet the needs of beneficiaries in the future. HHS OIG will work with other OIG members in the leadership of the Pandemic Response Accountability Committee, the PRAC committee, to produce a report describing the types of telehealth services that are available, including those that were expanded during the pandemic and key program integrity risks associated with the use of telehealth across six selected federal health care programs. Medicare is the HHS program included in this evaluation. HHS OIG will conduct this evaluation with OIGs from the Departments of Defense, Justice, Labor, and Veterans Affairs, as well as the Office of Personnel Management. PRAC committee will issue the resulting report. It will provide policymakers and stakeholders with foundational information about the nature of telehealth across select federal health care programs and related program integrity risks in order to inform the use of telehealth in the future. This final report is expected in fiscal year 2023. Wow, simply amazing, right? despite this holiday month that just passed in December. The OIG never, ever tire, do they? 
they're always working on a myriad of audits and inspections, and despite the lengthy public state of emergency, we're all enduring. With this Omicron variant, it may be safe to say we are soon going to enter an endemic, but it may not actually be as predictable as the flu. That's up to the epidemiologists, the infectious disease specialists, to lay out for us in the months ahead. Now, of course, I appreciate this latest telehealth analysis being conducted on the Medicare program. The pandemic allowed for so many healthcare services to be provided via telehealth and telemedicine, so the program integrity risks need to be reviewed to assess how best some or all of these services can be continued, can be used on a more permanent basis, if they are indeed serving the Medicare population. So policymakers can reevaluate and make telehealth and telemedicine services a part of the healthcare landscape moving forward. And of course, I want to see the results, the numbers from the review of available behavioral health providers in Medicare fee-for-service, Medicare Advantage, and Medicare managed care programs. COVID-19 has hit all of us, every single human, whether they're young, middle-aged, or older, with some behavioral health crisis or another. I do not believe a single person has gone unscathed. This analysis will be critical to review when it's completed. So, in my opinion, I always pass this detailed information on to my providers who need it to review their coding and billing practices or overarching compliance programs. I think these reports with findings are always most interesting and informative, and I always look forward to analyzing them in the years ahead. It's also important for my listeners to pay attention to these monthly OIG work plan updates to see how they may impact you, your provider, or your health system. So stay tuned for my monthly OIG work plan updates, even in season five. They'll drop the second Wednesday of each month. And now it's time for my best practice tips in trusty tip. So I thought I'd provide a new series of focused best practice tips with back to basics. Today, I wanted to go over staying current. That's pretty broad though, right? Of course, I'm being specific. I want to hone in on something I discussed timely in season three. The TPE program wraps up. Just as I delivered those timely facts on the TPE program ramping back up in my podcast back then, today I'm again keeping to my word and staying current. There are three Medicare Administrative Contractors, or three MACs, that just unveiled their active or pending active items on their targeted probe and educate programs within their jurisdictions. I'm only going to be focusing on Part B today. Now, these MACs are number one, Novitas, number two, Palmetto GBA, and finally third, First Coast Service Options. Now, Novitas Part B provides a nice reminder snippet on their webpage that says, quote, all current topics for review are listed below with the Medical Review Part B schedule for each round. Novitas will notify the selected providers in writing with further details of the topic being reviewed 
the reasons for selection, which will be supported by data analysis, and the process of review. Please note that a status of active review means there are currently reviews underway for the specific round and topic, end quote. Now, the active TPE program items with Novitas include six items. Yep, there are six TPE active items. The first being end-stage renal disease services. Those are our ESRD services. The second is for rehabilitation services, outpatient physical and occupational therapy, and they're honing in on CPT code 97530. Now, the third item, third active item, is surgical services, cataract extraction, and they're specifying CPT codes 66982 through 66984. Now, the fourth TPE program active item is for drugs and biologicals drug injections for HICSPICS code J0179, which is for ILEA, and then for HICSPICS code J2778, which is for Lucentis, and then for HICSPICS code J0717, which is for Simzia, and then HICSPICS code J7318, J7320, and J7321, which is for our hyaluronic acid therapies with associated administration and placement codes. Now, the fifth TPE program active item is for psychiatric services with our psychotherapy codes of CPT codes 90832 and 90834. And finally, sixth, the sixth active TPE item is for Mohs micrographic surgery in CPT codes 17311 through 17315. Now let's move on to the second MAC, which is Palmetto GBA. And I'm again sticking with Part B. Now on their webpage, Palmetto GBA reminds us that, quote, the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services, CMS, has initiated targeted probe and educate TPE. For TPE, MACs will focus on only providers or suppliers who have among the highest claim error rates or billing practices that vary significantly out from their peers, end quote. Now, the active TPE program items with Palmetto GBA include a very large number, hope we're all sitting, there are 13, there are 13 active Part B TPE items to go over. Now, the first is for CPT code 66984, which is for extracapular, extracapsular cataract removal with insertion. Now, they're going to be focusing on those outpatient claims for that particular CPT code. Second, they're going to be focusing on a review of outpatient claims for CPT code 97110, specific for therapeutic exercise. Now, the third active TPE item is going to be a review of outpatient claims for a various um, drug type, Prolia. It's for uh, Hicks-Picks code J0897. Fourth, they're again sticking with drugs. They're going to be reviewing outpatient claims for 
Lucentis. Higgs-Bix code J2778. Now, fifth, they're going to be going over a review of outpatient claims for Remicade. That's our Higgs-Bix code J1745. Sixth, they're going to be reviewing outpatient claims for another drug, Higgs-Bix code J0178 for ILEA. Seventh, again, review of outpatient claims for drugs for Rituxan for two Higgs-Bix codes, J9311 and J9312. The eighth active TPE item is again a review of outpatient claims for a drug, Simzia, in Hixpix code J0717. Ninth, again, another drug, review of outpatient claims for Orencia in Hixpix code J0129. And then 10th, they're going to be reviewing outpatient claims for surgical services, surgical debridement services to be specific. They're going to be looking at CPT code 11042 through CPT code 11047. And then 11th, the 11th active TPE item is for a review of outpatient ESRD claims with CPT codes 90960 through 90967. And then 12th, they're going to be reviewing ambulance claims for ambulance service advanced life support, emergency transport, ambulance service, basic life support, emergency transport, and ground mileage with Hixpix codes A0427, A0429, and A0425. And finally, 13th, their 13th active TPE item is for a review of outpatient claims for echocardiography with contrast and they'll be honing in on CPT code 93306. And finally, let's move on to First Coast Service Options. And again, I'm sticking with Part B. Now on their webpage, First Coast Service Options tells us that, quote, targeted probe and educate TPE is a process that combines a review of a sample of claims with education to help reduce claim submission errors. The list below includes current TPE review topics, documentation checklists, and additional resources to assist you during the review process, end quote. Now, their active TPE program items with First Coast Services includes seven. There are seven active Part B items for TPE. Now, the first is for laboratory services in our CPT codes 88312, and 87150. The second active item is for rehabilitation services in RCPT code 97112. The third active TPE item is for surgical services in CPT codes 37227 and 37229. This one, however, is pending active. The fourth active TPE item is again for drugs and biologicals and they're gonna be honing in on intravenous immune globulin in J1569. And they're gonna be honing in on botulinum toxin with Hixpix code J0585. And they're gonna be focusing on biophosphonates 
with our HixPix code J0897. And they're also going to be fixated on Infliximeb, which is our HixPix code J1745. And they're also going to be focusing on visco supplementation therapy for the knee in our HixPix codes J7327 and J7328. And then the fifth active TPE category is for drug testing codes, definitive drug testing. And they list a few drugs that they're going to be honing in on. So HixPix code G0480 for one to seven drug classes. They're also going to focus on HixPix code G0482 for 15 to 21 drug classes. They're also going to focus on HixPix code G0481 for 8 to 14 drug classes. They're also going to focus on HixPix code G0483 for 22 or more drug classes. And finally, they're going to be focusing on HixPix code G0659 for drug tests that are definitive. Now, moving on to the sixth active TPE item is for psychotherapy services with CPT codes 90832 through 90837. And finally, their seventh active TPE item is for non-emergent ambulance codes with two specific HixPix codes, A0425 and A0428. So that's pretty amazing, right? You can see some overlap in service reviews here, right, between the various MAC jurisdictions. There's an overlap in psychotherapy services as well as non-emergency ambulance. Some usual suspects are, of course, in rehab services for the physical therapy and, of course, continued probing into those knee injections with visco supplementation. Now, the hot new TPEs I've already started seeing in the work I perform include those myriad of injections for Prolia and Remicade and Simzia, and of course, Ilea and Lucentis have already been in the spotlight before. So, this back to basics on staying current will hopefully remind you that there's much more detailed work involved in the everyday work of a trusted consultant. Best practice should always be to stay current, to stay in the know, so we can best help providers navigate the complexities involved in a targeted probe and educate letter. We must be mindful that our provider's clinical documentation is capturing complete accuracy of the patient's medical condition from the onset of care. So a better, smarter approach is one that's proactive and starts by painting a clear, rich, and vibrant medical picture the first time, so your certified medical coder can then abstract codes with accuracy. And finally, I focus Season 5 Spark on clarity and focus. I want this fifth season spark to be filled with the world's thought leaders, writers, artists, philosophers, everyone who inspires the need for clarity and focus in all we do. So in this week's inspiring quote, in Spark is from acclaimed motivational speaker, Tony Robbins. Your life is controlled by what you focus on. <laughs>
So very true, right? I think the new year always inspires us to change course, to pivot, to place new focus on things we want to see improved. I think this quote reminds us that focus is key. It is astute focus that drives our lives. I am happy Tony Robbins' spark still shines on in all of us today. So that wraps up today's episode. And as always, I appreciate you diving into today with me. If you want more information from me, please go ahead and follow me on LinkedIn. I'll leave links to everything in the show notes below. Please have an amazing week ahead and please continue staying safe and healthy. Thank you so much for listening in on today's episode. And I hope every week with me brings you closer to helping your providers paint a masterpiece. See you next Wednesday.